We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of The Breakdown with former Chiefs quarterback Matt Castle and FanDuel TV's Matt Hamilton. The best analysis on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs offense that's available for Chiefs Kingdom. This film-based show will educate, entertain, and inform you each week. Don't forget to hit that follow button so you don't miss anything from the highest-ranked Chiefs podcast network of 2022. And now, let's go to Matt for the latest episode of The Breakdown. We're back for another edition of The Breakdown. I'm Matt Hamilton. That's Matt Castle. And Matt, it was a, uh, it was everything it was hyped up to be. Chiefs-Bengals, incredible rematch of last year's AFC, AFC Championship game. It was another tough defeat for the Chiefs as they fell 27-24. What was the biggest reason to you that the Chiefs weren't able to get it done in this game? You know, I I just want to say, like, like you just said, it is an epic battle, and I think this is going to be for years to come. And it's an impre- two impressive teams. You can see the Bengals are not intimidated. You heard about that all week, and I get it, but you saw it on the field. But the biggest takeaway for me is in these type of games, it's a playoff atmosphere. You've got two great quarterbacks going back and forth. Both offenses are high-powered offenses, but it comes down to defense. It comes down to stops, and it also comes down to those small, minute details, right? We talk about the Travis Kelsey fumble, which is so uncharacteristic for him. He he never does it. He didn't. I mean, this is his first time he did it all year long. It just happens at the wrong point of time. You've got to be able to convert on third down, which I think the Kansas City Chiefs did a really good job, but they weren't able to get off the field on third down defensively. The Bengals were seven for eleven, and so it just comes down to those small details. It's sometimes it's protection, sometimes it's a catch, and it's a guy stepping up making a big play. And the Bengals were just able to outlast them and make one more play than they did this week and we saw the Bengals defense defensively employ a similar strategy to what we saw in the AFC championship game last year where they were dropping seven sometimes eight guys in coverage and we were wondering are the Chiefs going going to adjust that are they going to run the ball when they're getting those type of looks are they going to take the gives on the RPOs when they're there and they did and they ran the ball really effectively right 
They did run the ball effectively. I mean, I, I think the final stat was 138, 5.5 a carry. And the other impressive part about that is normally when you look at the stats for the Kansas City Chiefs, they, they kind of tell they don't tell the tell of the tape all the time because Mahomes will take off for 40 at times in this, but they kind of contain Mahomes in this game. But they were it was really the ability to run with the running backs. They had one speed sweep and did all that stuff, but it was the true run game this week with the zone reads, the inside zones, the gap schemes, stuff like that, that they were able to have success. And that was a positive because the everything that the Bengals were doing defensively was, hey, look, we're going to play too deep. We're trying to rush with four. Sometimes we're going to put eight into coverage, but you've got to be able to run the ball in those circumstances. And I thought they were very impressive, the Kansas City Chiefs were, in terms of running the ball in this game. So that's where – do you think next time around – because I, I think we both agree there's a really good chance these teams are going to meet again in the postseason. Do you think next time around it's almost the, the Chiefs come out and just try to pound it because the Bengals didn't deviate. Even when the Chiefs had success in the run game, they didn't deviate. They said, okay, we'll give up some runs because we know ultimately you want to air it out. You want to pass. We're going to try to take that away as best we can. Do you think it's – yeah, like if they're going to do that again, let's pound the rock until they start – lining up differently yeah i mean that's the nfl right it's a chess match and it's it's very scheme oriented and what can you do to take advantage of what the defense is doing you could tell for the Bengals, they were going to be focused on not giving up that explosive play and they've only they only give up two explosive plays in this game in which kansas city chiefs i think average four five six explosive plays a game and so they, they were able to do that. And so for Kansas City Chiefs, how do they adjust moving forward? Is it more of the run game on first and second down? Is it taking advantage of that? Because ultimately, you don't want to take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. He's too special. Eventually, he's going to make plays. And you, you understand that. But you might have there might be more there in the run game moving forward. Yeah, and uh, we'll dig into some of the tape here. Because you can see the Chiefs had some issues. It wasn't just about coverage. A lot of it really, their inability to make things happen down the field, it was it was the offensive line and some issues they had. And there were a few opportunities that Mahomes missed on characteristically as well. So let's start, let's dig into some of this footage uh, and look at a few of the areas where the Chiefs had some issues. Uh, so this was uh, one of the sacks Mahomes took early on in the game, early second quarter. What did you see here, Matt? Right. As you see it, the defense is kind of trying to disguise with the strong safety up there. But ultimately, you can tell by the posture of the corners, them looking in with their shoulders, I mean, their back turned to the sideline. It's going to become some kind of too high defense. In this case, this is what we call two Tampa. The Mike linebacker is responsible for the deep middle. You've got two deep safeties. You've got two clouded corners. And then the salmon will linebacker right there are on a pendulum. They're reading eyes. So when you watch this play, you're going to release everybody. It's a five Man protection you're getting the back out he's run the flat you've got a spot route right there and then you've got the in cut in behind it really down below you've got more of like a stop route and a go route for if they do decide to play post safety defense but this this is kind of one of those one of those um concepts that patrick mahomes is going to work up top try to create a high low over that sam linebacker and as you see it go right here he snaps the ball and so you can see the cloud corner, so it gets a little fuzzy. And normally, if, if that Sam doesn't move out and take away the spot right now, Kelsey comes right off of his wake underneath the Mike linebacker, and you can throw it. And you can see Mahomes is kind of evaluating it. He might be able to throw that ball right now in rhythm, but he, I don't think he can see Kelsey right away because there's some push, and then he feels the defensive end come around to make the play in the sack. 
Yeah, because that was my that was my feeling here. I think I think let this thing rip to Kelsey because Logan, you see uh, the way linebacker Logan Wilson drops, he opens up uh, to Mahomes' right. So Kelsey's cutting off there. He's got his backside to Kelsey. So that's a throw. You know, that's what you want. That throw should be there if he gets it out on time. Uh, I think you're right. Maybe he didn't see him, but that's a throw. We don't see Mahomes miss that too often, especially this year where he's been processing things so well. We haven't seen him miss that that often. Right, and you know that the Bengals were told, hey, look, don't get beat deep. So you can see that Mike linebacker getting so much depth. And at that point, when Kelsey comes right here and gets inside that Sam linebacker, he's going to come right underneath him. So if he's in rhythm and he sees it, that's where that ball goes right now. And he puts his foot in the ground, rips it, and we've seen it happen a lot, right, on those end cuts because they're so scared of the vertical game of the Kansas City Chiefs. But in this case, it just looks like he can't see him right there because of all the congestion right there on the left side of the offensive line, and then the defensive end is able to come around and make the make the sack. So that's one sack, one, one play where we see a lot of pressure coming from the Bengals where – Maybe Mahomes could have gotten it out, but later in the game, there were some issues where he couldn't do much. And even even as great a quarterback as Patrick Mahomes is, it's hard when your offensive line isn't doing its job. And that was the case here. Yep. And now this is the second play and this is a third and four play. And this is a missed opportunity. You see Travis Kelsey come from the outside. He motions in. You've got Von Bell, a safety on Travis Kelsey. You love that matchup in this particular circumstance. The Bengals are showing man-to-man defense with two linebackers in the A-gaps. And that really stresses your protection, particularly because you've got the running back in a free release. Once again, this is a five-man protection. So what do they have to do? They have to take care of the two most dangerous guys. So they're going to slide the line all the way to the right. And it works out because in this circumstance, that defensive end up top is going to be responsible for the running back and going to peel out of his rush, as you see right there. But Kelsey... He beats him. He's got the out and up. You've seen this concept a lot on this show. You've got the post on the inside. He runs the out. Now he's taking it up, and he's winning right there. And this is a big hitter because once if Mahomes has a split second more in terms of protection, he puts that ball out there, and it's a walk-in touchdown. Unfortunately, the pressure gets to him. There's some leakage, and at that point, he feels the pressure, has to throw it off his back foot a little too early and underthrows him, and Von Bell is able to recover and make the play. Yeah, and this is what frustrates you as as a play caller because they 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 got the Bengals here. They outschemed them. They slid the protection the right way. Travis Kelsey wins on his route. It's there. That's a touchdown if Mahomes has right. time to get this ball off. And you'll see it here from the end zone view. They slide the right way. There's a hat it's on a great. hat. Everybody's accounted for. But Alan Gretti and Andrew Wiley have issues picking this thing up. Right, and that's exactly – this is a great view of it. You saw those two guys in there. They they do from, – from what you're supposed to do in that circumstance, it's perfectly executed. Everybody's sliding. We got a hat for a hat. It's five on five, but then you got to finish the job, and that's how big plays are made, and this is – one of those situations where they have the right play called the right matchup, Kelsey on Von Bell. And all of a sudden, if you just give him a little bit more time and hold up a little bit longer, Patrick Mahomes is going to complete this for a touchdown. Absolutely. And it, and this wasn't the only, uh, the only time we saw some of these issues rear their head. Let's go to the, the last play. What ended up being the last play that the chiefs ran offensively in this game with uh, just over four minutes to go in the fourth quarter, a third and three. This is probably the most critical play in the game. It's third and three. 
Okay, and then when you look at the defense, the defense does a good job of disguising here, but they've been doing this all game. So you've got to anticipate the fact that they're showing you one thing, a post-high safety, but anticipate them doing something different at snap because this is kind of what they probably went over, saw on the sideline. So once again, right here, they go to a two-high shell, two clouded corners. The only difference in this protection scheme is Sam Hubbard standing up in, in an odd front, but he's a down lineman. But what they do is they drop eight into coverage. So he's just another guy to give presence underneath for any small crossers or anything like that on that third down distance. And then when you see it, they're only going to rush three. So down here at the bottom, you've got the bench route, the spray bench route. You've got the guy running to the flat. So you create a high low on the corner down below. You've got Kelsey going right over the middle. You've got the end cut. And then Jarek McKinnon, I believe it is, is able to get out on his flare control. But why, as, as this thing starts to go and you can start to see the play develop, it's really you kind of want to start down low because I love the high low on the corner right here and you can see the separation as it unfolds. But once again, it's a three man rush and the offensive tackle gets beat inside, which is the ultimate. No, no, you can't get beat inside. Patrick Mahomes feels that pressure and he's got to scramble around. So he's out of rhythm. He can't deliver that ball. And ultimately they recover for another sack. Yeah, and uh, as you said, I mean, a three-man rush, it's hard, to, it's hard to wrap your head around giving up sacks against a three-man rush, especially ones that happen this quickly, penetration that quickly with a three-man rush. Right. He um, doesn't have a chance. Yeah, and even as he steps up here, you think, you know, we've seen this with Mahomes. They'll step up, they'll find somebody. But you see the spacing there is a little bit off with Kelsey and Juju. Uh, he isn't able to get, get to his check down. If he's able to find McKinnon, I think McKinnon might be able to pick up that first down, but everything's just happening so quickly and closing in on him. He really doesn't have a chance. And uh, this is a play, again, I, I don't want to be overly critical of guys, but Orlando Brown just opening up the inside uh, to, the, to this edge rusher and allowing that immediate penetration. It's just a, it's such a crucial moment in this game. And, and on a play where, you know, you know Mahomes is going to need to hold the ball a little bit to try to make something happen with them dropping eight. It's just uh, it's it's hard to it's hard to execute in the passing game when the job isn't being done up front. Right. And it takes everybody on the offense to do their job, but particularly the offensive line. And even if he's able to hold up a little bit longer, I think Patrick's able to maybe evaluate, get the ball out like we've seen you know, thousands of times here. But in this circumstance, when you open up the floodgates and you let him inside like that, he has no chance to go through his progression and actually deliver the ball. And so now he's got to scramble around to try to make a play. And in this circumstance, they do a good job of now swooping under and containing on the outside to not letting him get outside the pocket. He's got to come back in. And the defensive end does a really good job, once again, of recovering, you know, in the hustle play here of getting him by his shoelace and tripping him up to, to ultimately lead to a missed field goal there on fourth and three. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to be overly critical. I mean, the Bengals are an incredible team. Uh, there's a reason they were in the Super Bowl last year. They may be even better this year with the way that they're playing over these last, you know, six, seven weeks. Uh, so it's a credit to them. I mean, the game plan on both sides of the ball was fantastic. Uh, but it does. It does. It's things when they, when you when you go back and you evaluate the tape and see some of these missed opportunities and the lack of execution that is just not typical from the Chiefs teams that we've seen over the past couple of years. Right, and it's it's also one of those things that you can walk away from this game. And I know there there's nothing that you take away that you're excited about as a Kansas City Chiefs fan when you lose 27 to 24, the third loss of this team in the last calendar year. I get it, 
But when you look at it, and as well as Joe Burrow played, I mean, he had 80% completion percentage. He threw for 285. He had eight different wide receivers. He was incredible, and he was as, he's as accurate a quarterback as anybody out there. But you still only lost by three, and you had your opportunities to win that game. So when they go back, they evaluate their film. They say, look, we correct these errors. And we're going to win this game. And that's something that everybody has to buy into. Everybody's got to be accountable. They have to go in and evaluate and say, hey, look, we can't get beat on the inside on this particular play because we have a first down opportunity. Guys, if you hold up for an extra split second, we're going to hit Travis Kelsey for a touchdown. So, look, there's a lot to be excited about moving forward because I think that the schedule is very favorable for the Kansas City Chiefs. But this team will probably these two teams will probably be playing again in the playoffs and that's what they have to focus on is correcting these small small minute errors and getting them right so that when they re, when they meet this team again they're ready to rock and roll. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. And that's a great point, Matt, because I understand the frustration on on behalf of Kansas City Chiefs fans uh, because of the history. You're right here between these two teams, but there really isn't anything you look at with this game where you're like, oh, the Chiefs were awful here. Or, you know, they, right. they're not ready for the like, – they just played another really good team. They had a few moments that, you know, you, you that are correctable mistakes. They're correctable mistakes. And uh, as you said, just get back to work and, and fix some of them and – they get a game this week against the Denver Broncos, a team that's been struggling horribly, especially on the offensive side of the ball. They are going to be facing a good defense. That Denver defense is is still something to be reckoned with, especially that pass defense. Patrick Sertan uh, Jr. is a phenomenal player, maybe the best corner in the league right now. Uh, so what do you think, as, we, as the Chiefs look to move forward here, what's going to be the key against the Denver Broncos? 
Right. I think it's going to be the offense. This is going to be a challenge for the offense just because this defensive unit has proven week in and week out that they're one of the elite groups in the NFL. They hold teams at just over 20 points a week. And this is while they're on the field for a majority of the game. This offense is so inept. They can't get out there. They can't sustain drives. They can't score points. And so it's been all on the defense to keep them in games. And they've keep, kept them in a lot of games throughout the course of the year. So this will be one of those games that you can't walk in and just be like, oh, well, it's the Broncos. We beat them 13 times. I think that they'll get right for this game, but it'll just be going out there and executing at a high level on the offensive side of the ball, which I know that they will do. But it's also one of those games that I don't think as a fan you can expect them to go out there and score 30 against this Broncos team. It's going to be one of those that you have to execute at a high level. You've got to protect up front, and it might be another game in which they can get this run game going. But because for the offense, as much of the hype going into this season about Russell Wilson, you know, let's ride this that, and the other, they have not lived up to that. That's not, that's an understatement of saying they haven't lived up to it. They've been horrible this year. So at the same time, the defense needs to just go go in there and dominate a team that they should dominate. Yeah, and it has been. It's it's as disappointing a team as I think I can remember. Um, but that being said, you're right. It's, it's, it's not going to be an easy task for the chiefs. When you look at the, the Broncos, the three and nine, but when you really look at those games, three of those losses were in overtime. I think only one was by more than one score or one was, one was by double digits. So they're in every game, not right. None of these games have been easy for the opposition. They make you work for it. So, uh, you know, I think uh, the expectation for Chiefs fans going into this game, you see three and nine on the schedule, and you're like, all right, we got to get right. We got to just blow this team out. It may not look like that, and it, and that's not something to be concerned about because this Broncos team, they hang tough. The defense is good. So don't – I wouldn't overreact if it takes the Chiefs a little bit to get going and we don't see necessarily a blowout. It's more about cleaning up those mistakes that we saw from this past Bengals game and – just executing a little bit better. Right. And I, I think for the players too, look, this is another opportunity. They're going to go out and if they win this game and if the chargers lose, they clinch, right? There, there's some, and also in the just overall look in the landscape of the AFC right now, they've got motivation here down the stretch to go out and win each and every one of these games. But as you just said, this team is in every ball game because of their defense. So you just got to go out and play good ball, take care of the football, not give them any opportunities. And by that, I mean, don't give them, don't give them the football in terms of turnover, short, short field position. And that leads to a score. You just got to play a clean football game. And at the end, I think the Kansas City Chiefs are a lot better football team all around in which they'll go out and win this football game. Yeah, and really, uh, when you look at the schedule down the stretch, the big thing for the Chiefs here is that race for the number one seed, which is, of course, more important than ever right now. With only with the expanded playoffs, only one team gets a bye. Uh, you really want that one seed. It's a bigger advantage than ever. So uh, they have the Broncos, the Texans, the Seahawks, the Broncos again, and then the Raiders. Those are games that they should win all of those games, and they need right. Buffalo to lose just one more game. If they can take care of business – they need Buffalo to lose just one more game here down the stretch to be able to get it done. And Buffalo has a much tougher schedule uh, with the Jets this weekend, who they already lost to, the Dolphins, who they already Dolphins. lost to once, at Bears, which obviously should be should be an easy game for them, uh, at Bengals, which is going to be really tough, and then the Patriots, who you know they should probably beat, but 
Right. You it, never it, know. It's Belichick. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's a much tougher, especially now with the news that Von Miller is out for the year. Uh, they discovered a torn ACL in that knee. So mm. he, he's, he's done. Um, so un, unfortunate for him and, and we wish him the best, but um, it's a big blow to that team because it sounded like a couple of weeks ago, they were going to get him back for the last couple of games of the season. And obviously that's not the case. So as the chiefs prepare for this run now down the stretch to try to get that one seed, I, I think they, even though the bills have the tiebreaker over them, I think the Chiefs have the advantage here. Right. I think they do too, because their schedule is favorable comparatively speaking to what the Bills have to face. Cause they're gonna the Bills are gonna have to grind it out against some pretty good football teams that are playing at really high levels. Whereas the Chiefs right now, I'm not trying to understate anybody in the NFL because any given week, as you well know, I mean the Colts earlier in the season beat the Chiefs. And you look at the Colts yeah. right now. So you can never take anything for granted. You can never take any team lightly, but in terms of how it looks on paper and the opponents that they have coming up, they have a great opportunity here to seize the moment and seize that number one seed in the AFC. And by doing so, I think that they set themselves up once again for a buy and home field advantage. So now it's just about closing out the year in a strong fashion. Absolutely. And uh, we'll see if they can get some of these on-field mistakes corrected. One thing I wanted to ask you about before we wrap up here, I don't know if you saw, uh, obviously we all saw Justin Reed's comments before the game and uh, Andy Reed's reaction to those, which he obviously, he clearly was not happy uh, with Justin Reed talking, talking all that smack. Uh, did you see yesterday Justin Reed doubled down on his comments? He tweeted basically like, I, I stand by what I said. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I don't really understand it because, you know, anytime you say something like that, you better back it up on the field. And I'll tell you what, I know probably more so at the wide receiver position, even DBs, linebackers, stuff like that, they take bulletin board material and they run with it. And particularly when you're talking about guys on the Bengals, like the T Higgins of the world, the Jamar Chases, that's a challenge. And those guys always like that type of motivation and say, hey, this guy talked a little smack about us. Let's go show out. Let's go, let's go put him in his place. And the fact that they weren't able to go out and win, it just, those comments they don't resonate real well. I think other players probably are sitting there too saying, dude, just keep your mouth shut and do your job and let your play do the speaking. And I, I've always been a, a big advocate of that mindset. But then there's guys out there that, that do it, but you better back it up when come game day because if you don't, then you know what? A lot of people are going to be pointing fingers and saying, dude, you look like a moron when you go out there and you just make statements uh, you know, or, or you challenge people and don't go up and live up to the hype. But the, but the thing to me is, you know, Andy Reid made it clear that they had a conversation and he wasn't happy. And Justin Reid seems like a great guy in that locker room. Right. He's a very good player. His teammates seem to like him. But for him to come back out on, on Monday and or Tuesday, I, I forget if it was yesterday, if it was Tuesday or Monday, but to come back out and, and double down and, and stoke that fire again after your head coach had to talk with you, how do you – if you're Andy Reid, how are you handling that going forward? Because obviously you don't want to get to a place where you lose where you lose him, um, but that has to make you pretty furious. It's got to make you furious. I mean, especially when you sit down and you have a man-to-man discussion with somebody, a coach-to-player discussion, you got to take that seriously. And he probably understands where he's coming from. Maybe he was trying to motivate you know, his DB group. They knew that they're going up against a challenging group. But at the end of the day, after that discussion happens, hopefully – you you understand as a player that I've got to respect my coach and respect what he's asking me to do. But then to go out and turn around and say, basically, Andy Reid, thanks for thanks for talking to me and thanks for having a good discussion and asking me to do something. 
but I don't care about what you say. And I don't care if it's better for the team. It's about me, the individual. And I, I I'm going to, I'm going to go out there and say whatever I want. So it just reflects poorly on the player. And I think Andy Reid's, uh, he, since he's already addressed it, I don't know what the next step is. Yeah. And it's bad enough to do that. If they were to beat the Bengals to come back out and do that, you know, I still think right. it's a bad look, but to do it after you lost the game, it just, it's, it, it's sending a bad message. And uh, it's something that, you know, the, these Andy Reid teams have not been about. They, you know, they, they've done their talking on the field for the most part. And uh, I'm, I'm sure he doesn't like it. So I'm interested to see if there is anything, any discipline, anything coming for him uh, going forward to try to send a message to the rest of the team about the way that the Chiefs want to represent themselves. Right, because I think that there there does have to be consequences for your actions, especially when it has already been addressed. And I don't know what type of fine that is or how that impacts his play because, he, again, he's a good player on this team and you want him out on the field. But it, it's just – it looks like to me it's more like conduct detrimental. Once again, I'm going to do whatever I want to do and not respect what you say as a head coach. And that's never something you want to have to deal with as a head coach, especially a guy like Andy Reid, who deserves respect, who's been in this game for his, before that guy was even born. Yeah, and we'll see We'll see how this plays out throughout the week. If there's one game they can afford to sit him down a little bit, it's probably against this Broncos offense with the way that they've looked lately. But, uh, Matt, as we look ahead to that matchup, how do you see let's, – let's do a little prediction time. How do you see this game playing out this weekend? Right. I mean, I just don't have any faith in the fact that the Broncos can score points. So I, I think it's going to be a low scoring affair for the Broncos. But I do think the Chiefs are going to put, be able to put together some drives. So I'm going to go with 23 to 10 Kansas City Chiefs victory. I'm with you. I'm right there with you. I'm going 24, 13 Chiefs. Um, I think we see, you know, the Chiefs defense have a, have a nice performance, have a nice bounce back game. And uh, and take care of business and and keep that that road to the stay on that road to the one seed. So um, yeah, we'll see how all this plays it's out. Good. It's going to be a fun couple of weeks as we gear up for the playoffs. <laughs> it's it's the best time of year, man. It really is, and there's so much motivation for the players, and, and at the same time, so much excitement that surrounds this time of year because it really will help determine where your standings are as you move forward in the playoffs and set you up for your ultimate goal, which is not just to win your division, but it's to get into playoffs and have an opportunity at that real trophy that you get to hold up when, when you're one of those fortunate teams that are able to accomplish that goal at the end of the year. Yeah, and that's, and that's the standard that this organization has set uh, with all those consecutive AFC Championship game appearances. And I don't think the bar has lowered any. If anything, I think, you know, this team has showed us at times that they have the makings of going right back and, and holding up that Lombardi trophy at the end of the year again. So uh, I can't wait to see it play out. We'll be right back here with you next week to break it all down and keep looking ahead, keep breaking down the big storylines, all of the tape. For Matt Castle, I'm Matt Hamilton. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN, covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.